Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Okay, Penn State sports fans, Penn State football fans, Bob Flounders, with my special guest, David Jones. He's special because... He is still out in the greater Los Angeles area. Dave, you've been out in Los Angeles all week for the uh, national title game. Probably could have been a little bit more competitive for your liking. (laughs) Did you expect that? I'm just curious what you think. I had a significant amount on Georgia to cover. The only reason I say that, Dave, is I remember you talked passionately about TCU uh, the last time we talked on the Blue-White Breakdown. My thing about the college football playoff this year is People aren't going to agree with me because of what Georgia did to TCU. I think both Big Ten teams blew it. I think it should have been Ohio State and Michigan in this game. It didn't happen. Credit to Georgia for catching Ohio State at the finish. But we talked last week. Michigan just gave that game away. I really think there was a good chance it could have been Ohio State-Michigan in a rematch. Yeah, but it wasn't. Michigan always managed to step on its schlongs as as it did again. (laughs) As it did again. I mean, they, they really gave away 10 points of their own and then 14 and pick six the other way. It was, a, it was crazy. It was a joke. I think I th- a joke. And you're a joke. Something that's – I think it was Dan Wetzel tweeted, people have been losing to TCU all year and going, how do we lose to those guys? The charitable portion of your, your college football psyche is thinking, well, maybe they, can, maybe they can hang in there and then steal Ooh. it. But once you saw the domination at scrimmage on not just one side, but both sides. Also, the, the one thing that really surprised me with, was how well uh, Georgia's DBs stuck with TCU's wideouts. I mean, they really could not get open. I don't know if you could see that from TV, but Dugan's protection was fairly decent early. But he had happy feet, man, because he didn't have anyone to throw to. He didn't. And that was the thing that really kind of surprised me. None of his wideouts could get open. And when that happened, Katie barred the door. It got to 17-7. It didn't feel like 17-7. It already felt like 31-7. And you were going, it can't work. It reminded me in in a way of Michigan, Penn State, and that you knew scrimmage was just being dominated on both sides and there's there's no uh, and it's, of course on the on Georgia's side of the ball Georgia was just wiping out whole sides I mean the one touchdown by Stetson Bennett the keeper uh, that made it 
Did you see, did you see there was nobody left? Nobody left on the side, and they still had two blockers left over. They had a blocking back and a tackle out in front and just escorting him in like a police escort. You know? <laughs> wow. That was just untenable. So you knew Georgia was going to score 50 or more. The question was, could TCU kind of hang in there and maybe steal a couple of possessions? And, oh, oh my God, this is still a ball game. Eh, it wasn't going to happen. So. You know, what What else struck me is, and you know a lot about boxing. You were, back in the day, a real big boxing fan. People were asking, how can this happen? How can Ohio State be within a point, you know, a missed field goal of beating Georgia and yet lose to Michigan, and yet Michigan loses to TCU, this circular competition that doesn't seem to make sense? Well, it used to happen all the time in boxing, all the time. As you remember, uh, Frazier beat Ali. Uh, Foreman beat Frazier. Styles make fights. That's make right. Fight. Styles make fights, and these were these were not complimentary styles for TC. TC <laughs> Georgia was a was a bad matchup, uh, and I probably should have known that from the, the beginning. It's just that when the Cinderella story thing gets going, uh, you always give them a shot. Dave, for the for the people listening and actually viewing, if you could just share like a couple of tidbits about. Your decision to go out there, you've been out there for a couple of days. It looks like, what's the experience been like and, and uh, how have it, what's, like, what's it been like out in Los Angeles? Well, the first day we went hiking with Herb Gould, who used to work for the Chicago Sun-Times, and his wife, Liz. And <laughs> I'm not sure Herb was ready for what my wife, for what my wife Anna, had served up. I don't know that that's a good matchup. <laughs> that's a bad matchup for Herb. You know, Herb's using to, he, he, they get a place in Palm Springs and he's used to hiking flat surfaces. But uh, Anna's got us hiking up like the, <laughs> the cliff of Palos Verdes Estates. And that's what Herb had to say. No. So that was eight miles and down the beach. I mean, it's fabulous. You can, it, the waves were incredible. People, uh, said it was their biggest waves because of the storm in 15 years. There were 10, 15-foot waves out there. So really spectacular. And then the next day, we did another 12 miles. So I did 20 Huge. miles in two days of that. And but the Football Writers Association passed President's Dinner the first night. Oh, yeah. And I, I had a little – I haven't been drinking since diabetes. I was diagnosed with diabetes – I just haven't felt like drinking well. I had three double jacks in like a space of four hours. Six jacks. <laughs> don't, try, don't try and hide the math, Jones. You had six. Oh, 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 oh I have six double jacks and a, and a rock and rye. <laughs> Kevin Carlin's in a double rock and rye, please. <laughs> anyway, I had a little too much fun and didn't feel, in the, in the words of Martin Short doing Jerry Lewis, I didn't feel so good a lot. Uh, on Saturday, Saturday morning. What'd you run into at the uh, at the uh, dinner? Well, we were honoring Chris Dufresne, my my per own personal hero, who uh, died of an aneurysm suddenly uh, a year and a half ago, and and his whole family was there, and it was just tremendous. And everyone's was emotional yet happy. There's been enough uh, distance and enough uh, resolution in this that, it, that he was just a terrific writer for the L.A. Times. And uh, I don't know if you ever met him. I think I introduced you guys at the Rose Bowl in 08. Yeah, but he, I just remember, I remember the writing, the unique style that he had, uh, very distinctive and very talented. 
He once followed Bob Knight when he heard Bob Knight had left. Do you remember when Colorado beat him in the NCAA tournament? I think it was 97, right? Who was the guy from the uh, Detroit Pistons? I can't think. Who went to Colorado? Oh, God. I'm old. It'll come to you. Just relax. It'll come to you. That team. He was on, he was on the, uh, the 04. Was Chauncey Billups? Yeah, Chauncey Billups. Sorry. You're welcome, Thank Dave. You. You're welcome. You saved me. Because that's obvious. The Chauncey Billups Colorado team beat him 80 to 62. Just tattooed him. And it was that, that era, the end of night's era when he, they weren't very good. And he decided, Chris heard that he didn't get on the bus. He's back on the loading docks. And some guy said, yeah, he didn't get on the bus. And Chris started asking questions. What do you mean he didn't get on the bus? The team bus back to the hotel. He says, I don't know. We saw him walking straight out there out the loading dock. I think he walked back to the hotel. Chris got in his car. And he sprinted over to his car, got in his car and decided, well, it's Winston-Salem, North Carolina in the middle of the night. He thinks maybe he'll see Knight. And he does. He finds him. He finds Bob Knight trudging in the rain in like a houndstooth hat on the side of a busy road going through some not real great sections of Winston-Salem, two and a half miles back to the hotel. And he doubled back just to make sure he saw what he saw. And then he didn't go up tonight and say, what are you doing, coach? Why are you doing that? He just he just told this story, and it, it's legendary. I mean, it's like Billy Knack's story about uh, Secretary Secretariat's death as far as sports writers go. But Chris never cared about being noticed. He just wanted to tell stories and and have have a good time doing it. So yeah, we honored him on on Friday, and it was it was fat, it was fantastic. Anyway, I've had great weather. Unlike you guys, uh, we had great weather until game day. But hell, on game day, who cares? That place, by the way, we talked about SoFi Stadium. I was going. What's the scouting report on SoFi Stadium for? Well, it looks it is every time they build a new one of these. You know, it started with the Astrodome in 65. My God, now you look at the Astrodome and you laugh. Uh, what was the next big one? I guess the Superdome was the next G-Wiz place. And then maybe Jerry World after that. I, I guess te- the first Texas Stadium, right? Yeah, that opened in 71. And that was considered, they had the, the thing where the they had the, the the middle of like the ceiling was open. So it was weird. Why did they, why did they have the hole there? I, I, what was the story with that? I know they didn't run out of money, so I don't know what it was, but I think they just thought it would look really cool and people would talk about it for the you know the 30 years. And then probably Jerry World, when you said, wow, this place is immense. I remember walking in there, you know, 10 years ago. And now this this is the thing. It does look like a spaceship, but it has another quirk in that they're not really prepared for weather. It has a roof. But it also has a kind of a groove all the way around of maybe 30 feet where the fresh air comes through. And the fresh air was whizzing through there at like 30 miles an hour from one end. I mean, we went, Jerry Palm and I went walking around the rim. And on one side, there's no wind, but it's 60. It's chilly and damp. And on the other end, it is it is careening through there, you know, and I don't know. If it had any effect on the game, I don't think it did because it was dry inside. But people were slipping and falling all over the place. There were people being brought out on stretchers because they hurt themselves. Old fat Georgians uh, pulling hamstrings and stuff, and they had to they had to wheel them out of there. Uh, it's not really built for weather, but they don't expect weather. It's but it's a very very cool place. Yeah, no tailgating though. I heard I heard that. 
that didn't. Yeah, that pissed off the Southerners. That pissed them <laughs> off. What do you mean, no toilet? I, I think the, the they were they were worried about parking. They were worried about traffic and parking and making everything. You know how tailgaters do. Oh yeah, they like to stretch themselves out. Yeah, and they couldn't have that. And right. this was in this venue, and it really had more to do with uh, the the CFP people than it did with people are trying to construe this as a California thing. That, that that's not true. They tailgate at SoFi all the time with both the Raiders and the Chargers, or I mean the the Rams and the Chargers. But uh, they just the CFP people just didn't want the hassle, so they they wouldn't have it. It probably is better considering the rain. I mean, it was a deluge coming out of there. It, it was really, really heavy. That reminds me of the story where you had to wear Pat Forty's pants somewhere. <laughs> that was Dallas. Something yeah, about Dallas. a flood. That was a serious flood. I almost lost my, lost my life, Bob. It's not funny. Let's not go back there. But uh, the, the key was you had to wear Pat Forty's pants. It wasn't so much the flood, but yeah. Well, I was in, I was in water up to, up to here with my, my bag over my head, but I wrecked my first cell phone. It was like 06, 06. I reckon my cell phone was in my pocket and I forgot it was in there. And I had to kick the door open of Bo Carter's car. He said, I'll get you up there. I'll get you up the tollway. Don't worry about it. And next thing you know, we're floating under an overpass. And I had to kick the door open three times just to get it open. And the water went. Like the Poseidon adventure, wasn't it? Uh, it was crazy. And then I'm like, I'm like in a rice paddy and numb, like the medic holding my bag over my head. And this water with fuel and gas and oil is like saturating all over. I had to walk a mile to the next uh, to the hotel where we came from. And there's there's still lightning in the background. And I was saturated with this oily stuff that started to itch. And I had to get this. I had to get my pants off. I mean, I knew it was bad news. And I Ran into 40, and I, I started looking at his waist size, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> because, Why are you looking at my crotch, Jones? <laughs> Dad, I don't know how to ask you this, but do you have any pants I can wear? And he went up and got his size. Uh, he had a 36 waist. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different. And we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
your life on the road to me is a book whenever you want to write it. But I mean, I just feel like it's pretty fascinating because things kind of just tend to find you on the road that don't find other people. It could be you name it, any aspect of life, and it gets really weird with you when you're on the road. I ran into Ryan McGee. I met Ryan McGee at the the post party after the game, and I never you you, you know Ryan McGee, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before he was running around doing the stuff with Marty Smith, you know the videos. He was a really good writer, and he still writes occasionally, but doesn't write the long form stuff like he used to. And I was talking to him about all the we were talking about all the telling stories and having drinks and. He wrote this great story about being a videographer when Declan Sullivan died, the kid up on the tower at Notre Dame. Like oh, right, years. right, right. He wrote this great story about doing that job at Tennessee. And it was so full of detail and how you're really you're beholden to these people who have their your life in their hands, these coaches and ADs. And you do what they tell you to because you're 21. You're a 21-year-old kid. And if you're 50 feet up and 50 mile an hour winds. You just do what they tell you. And it was the best story I wrote. I read on that whole situation. I told him that he goes, man, I love that you say that because I really loved writing that story because I lived it and, and people didn't remember it. But yeah, I was telling him about, I I'm like Forrest Gump. I mean, I ran into, I ran into Oprah Winfrey and did a story on her before anyone. Uh, knew wasn't that the Rose Bowl, right? Didn't you run into, didn't you? Now, I probably wrote the last story on John Wooden. The 08 Rose Bowl, was it, Dave? Yeah, yeah. And But running into Jerry Seinfeld when nobody knew he, who he was, I did a story on him. I did a story on Mike Tyson uh, when he was an amateur, when he was 17. And he said, you can actually drive the nose bone back into the brain and cause brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> First, I think I'll, I'll dip down low and bust up his intestines. <laughs> he said that to me. He said that to me Just about like this. matter of factly, right? Yeah, this was a, this was seventeen at the Ohio State Fair, and I mean Ryan McGee's listening to this shit and just crack it up because we we we've all run into people once in a while before they were famous, but I, I seem to yeah things Dave, seem to happen. My, my yeah. personal favorite though is I wish I could have been in there when it happened was you and Mellencamp in the elevator at Bloomington. <laughs> that to me is is one of that's got to be a top ten story for you as far as <laughs> finding you. That's just that's just straight out weird, but fascinating. Well, I blurted it out. That's the thing. I was late like I always used to be back then. Was that 05 probably? I want to say it was at least 10 years ago, maybe more, right? Yeah, 07, something like that, where one of those forlorn games at Memorial Stadium in Blooming. Could have been 07. Yeah, about then. And as you recall, he was uh, married to a supermodel back then, a lot like Tom Brady, except – John Mellencamp, he's an Indiana donor, and he paid for their football facility, their their practice facility. It's called the Mellencamp Center, and so he's getting on late too because they're going to go up to the luxury box. But I don't, I don't see him. I see that I can't remember her name. She was blonde. He's not married to her. All right, you, you tell a story. I'll look it up. Hold on, hold on. You yeah, keep talking. And she's in the corner, and you can't miss her. She's wearing like pink and a hot pink outfit, and you can't miss her. And I start putting two and two together. And then there's this little guy who's like five, six in front of me with curly kind of gray hair. And he s- smells of luckies. You know? <laughs> it's very obvious, like he's a heavy smoker. But all I can see is the back of his head. His back of the back of his head is right here. And then I put two and two together and I just blurt out in the middle of the elevator with like eight people there. Holy shit, it's John Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and he turned around grinning and said, I'm assuming you're expecting someone younger looking. <laughs> Her name was Elaine Irwin. Yep. That's right. That's yep. right. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She was an IMG model. Yeah. Was he really five, six? I thought he was like five, two. He could be. He's like Joe Pesci somewhere in that. Uh, but, but. You know, I always idolized the guy's uh, music back then in the 80s. I love that stuff. Did you run into any any other Penn State former Penn State? I'm sure you saw Heather. Was she out there? Any other Penn State? Yes. In fact, I, we ran into each other in the uh, press box uh, when we were both there early, and we practically bumped into each other. And her three boys are – I actually guessed the ages of her three boys. They said, what are they now, 8, 10, and 12? And she goes, yes, they're 8, 10, and 12. <laughs> She has three sons. She's doing great. She's terrific. What's the overall grade on your LA experience before you board your flight on a scale of one to 10, whether it's the game, people, the uh, Airbnb, the hikes, what was the best meal you had out there? Last night we had dinner with uh, Jerry Abrams, uh, the father of JJ Abrams, who's a big, big Penn State grad. And all Penn State fans know about Jerry because he grew up in Harrisburg. He's quite a guy. Um, he's he produced tons and tons of uh, TV shows, a lot of TV movies, uh, and that's why JJ is in the business. So th there's that too. When we had a, a, a dinner in uh, uh, in Brantwood, uh, where he lives, it's got to be a nine. I mean, I I this place is seductive. I got my wife Anna and my son Nick out here, and Nick shot the game. The L.A. can be really seductive if you don't have to live here because <laughs> it's so expensive to right. live here. You really, really have to. You've got to be making six figures to even survive uh, because housing, everything. I've been I've been pricing places here in Redondo Beach, and I'm talking about like thirteen hundred square foot cracker boxes. Million dollars, wow. million dollars, you know, through three or four streets inland. But but it's so beautiful. It's so quiet, and the the shore is fantastic. I mean, you're you're thinking of ways. How could I do this? How can I do this when you've got to face the uh, winter time in Pennsylvania? It's not. Uh, it can be very seductive. What's uh, what's on tap for your final night before you get on the plane uh, tomorrow? Well, we're gonna watch. Uh, we're gonna have dinner somewhere. We're gonna go to uh, the Griffith Observatory up on the hill. You remember where Oprah had Adele? You remember the Adele special with Oprah? <laughs> is, is is your wife Anna up to this or is this just you? Oh yeah. I think you were on to it from the get-go, weren't you? Yeah. She, she wants to stand in exactly the spot where Oprah and Adele were. <laughs> but I've never been up there. That's one one of the places I've never been in LA. So I'm I'm willing. Okay, one more thing before we go here. I know you want to enjoy the rest of your uh, your holiday. How much are you missing the big dog? Kaiser. Oh, when you said missing, that was, well, he's the, funny. Kaiser, my German shepherd, we, we have friends of the family. Joe Crawford's granddaughters, by the way, are taking care of Kaiser. They are 12 and 16. They're not to leave the property. They have them on the leash. Hopefully the 16-year-old's running that show, but yeah, okay. <laughs> not well, the 12-year-old. Megan, Joe's daughter, the, the mother, is is helping out there. So anyway, he misses humanity because he has to be around people all the time so last we heard he had taken to sitting on my chair in the <laughs> living room he's never never sat in before in his life it's his chair now dave 
on top of Cassidy, the 12 year old. And I, she sent me a picture with like her little red shoe top sticking out from under this giant German shepherd. I said, well, my God, you look like it looks like the Wicked Witch of the East after the house fell on top of her. It looked, I sent her a picture of the ruby slippers with the house. Of it. it looked. She laughs. Even even kids that age just seeing the Wizard of Oz. We miss him a lot, and he's okay. He, I, I think he's having fun though because he loves kids. He, he loves 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 kids. All right, that's what I like to hear. All right, Dave. Well, we'll we'll, we'll chat when you get back. Enjoy the rest of uh, the vacation. I'm sure. I'm sorry the the ch- title game didn't get a little bit more competitive, but it sounds like you're having a hell of a time out there. Well, it was great for deadline though. <laughs> <laughs> I had that sucker written by halftime. I'm not kidding. I, you know, the writers, we don't we don't talk about this stuff, but we actually love blowouts in certain situations. Absolutely. Like because you can get your story written because the game's essentially over. Uh, not so great for broadcasters like Fowler and Herbie, who what were they talking about? They they must have been into D material by the by the fourth quarter. What were they? What were they? Could you hear? Or were you in a well? Bar? There was like an alternate broadcast, uh, I think, on ESPN two with uh, McAfee, and I was checking that out a little bit. He's pretty hilarious, but uh, yeah, those guys. I don't envy those guys in a game like this because you know at some point, like uh, you know, to start the third quarter, I don't. I just don't know. I mean, you, you still got to kill like two hours, and I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but if you do get paid well. <laughs> Dude, by the way, I have to before we leave, I got to give you a shout out for your pick of Brock Bowers as right. third in the because he played his ass off, man. They could not; they had no answer for Can't him. Can't check him. Can't, he's not even eligible for the draft yet. He's coming back. Could somebody on Orthodox finally win the Heisman Trophy, or at least? Get to New York besides quarterbacks? Dave, you tr- you've tried your damnedest to make it happen individually, I think, over the years. But maybe. You ne- never say never. And Dominic Sue almost won one year, but he came in, I think, second. Yeah, but he's crazy. He is crazy. Yeah. They're all crazy, Dave. All right, Dave. We will see you when you get back. Have a great rest of the trip, man. All right. Talk to you later. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live. <laughs>